Welcome in to this week's edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I'm Martin Weiss, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Mark Gunnels. And, Mark, I just got to ask you a favor, man. Can you go back to Kansas City? Can I go back? Because the last time we had a good basketball game in the playoffs, it feels like you were back in Kansas City. <laughs> oh. We were doing this show remotely. Ever since you got back to L.A., there has not been a single good playoff basketball game. There's been some that had single-digit ending scores. But, I mean, goodness gracious, God damn. To start the fast break out with uh, Boston and Miami last night, and uh, we'll start. Boston started. Miami is still waiting to start that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was bad. It was over in the first five minutes of the game. I mean, they got down, what, 18-1 to to start the game? I'm like, this game's already over. We're only five minutes in. And that's been a theme. I know we're going to talk about it later, about these blowouts and these playoffs. What is going on? I saw a stat, like, the last 17 games, like, the average margin of victory is, like, what, 19 points or something like that? Like, it's just ridiculous, bro. But I'll tell you this. if Just looking at the Eastern Conference Finals and zooming in on what happened last night, I am so disappointed in Bam Adebayo to channel somebody that we both know to make a nickname. Bam has been a sham this postseason. (laughs) And I thought when Kyle Lowry got back, it was going to unlock him, right? Because Bam Bam is like their – it's a weird situation. He's like their secondary ball handler, right? He's like their secondary distributor. Kyle Lowry comes back. After missing two games, now Bam can get into the pick and roll more. Bam can go and get, maybe get a post touch or two, even though it's not really what he does. But the thing is, overwhelmingly, what I just am disappointed in, and I've, I've seen I've, uh, uh, what I would have thought from after losing in the finals in the bubble to growth to now, is when that handoff doesn't happen on the first action and Grant Williams has two feet in the lane and you're on, like, shoot the jumper, bro. You got to be able to hit a 17-foot jumper. And the thing about the playoff success as well is one of the reasons why I like the Heat in this series. We look at all these blowouts in part is because of three-point dependability. Well, you got a guy like Bam who can score within 12 to 15 feet of the basket. That's going to do a lot for you. Just look at what happened for the Phoenix Suns last year. You know, they had a lot of injuries that got on for the opposing teams, but DeAndre Ayton was a big piece of the reason why they were able to go to the finals, him and Chris Paul. Remember when Chris Paul went down, all of a sudden DeAndre Ayton scored seven points a game. Right. And But one name you didn't mention, and I can't believe this, and that's the main culprit of why Bam is playing bad right now, is Robert Williams. The game that he missed – Magically, Bam scores 31 uh, points. Nah, look, 31 I, I, points. I hear all of that. I hear all that. I get it. Robert then when he Williams comes back. Defender, but he, Bam's not even. Where's he at? Bam's not being aggressive. That's he's not. So he was just magically aggressive the game that Robert Williams missed. He scored 31 points. Go bring the. You, you have to go bring it to him. Like, you have to. Like, look, look, look. Here's the thing. If, I, if you show me, like, four clips of, of Robert Williams blocking Bam's shot, I'll, hey. Hat off. Hats off. I get it. Hey, you won the individual matchup. But, like, to me. He's scared of him. He's not I'm even saying. going. To, he's not attacking that's him. I'm saying. He's, he's bowing out, <laughs> and I'm disappointed. Like, I would have thought that that would have been something that we yeah. would have gotten into. He's not even game. giving us data to say that he's going to be successful against him or not because he's not even attempting shots on him. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> if, if, if you showed me, 
Robert Williams is punching the ball back in Bam's face four times in, in, over the course of a game. Okay, I got you. I agree with you. I'm not saying that Robert Williams doesn't deserve no credit, right? I'm not saying that that even and Grant Williams and Al Horford for that matter and the people that have been guarding him don't deserve any credit for it. But what I'm saying is he is not being aggressive and like he's not going to the fight. Yeah. It's one thing to go to the fight and lose the fight. It's another thing not to go. Yeah. Where you yeah. at, bro? Yeah. It's like, you know how when back in the day in high school, I don't know how your school was, where somebody like, hey, I meet you at the park at the school, 2.30. You know, everybody going to run to the park down the street because you're going to fight on school grounds because you can get suspended. And then the kid doesn't even show up. Exactly. And, that, and, and, <laughs> and, and you're right. Maybe it, maybe it was the fact that the biggest bully was on the sideline for game, what was it, three, where Bam had 30 points. Yeah. But I just know that on that team, even missing a guy like, look, we're talking about, and I'm not trying to downplay Tyler Hero, right? But we're talking about the sixth man of the year. Him, like, they, they were talking about him coming in the game with like six minutes left in the first quarter. Van Gundy and, and Mark Jackson are talking about, you know, you could tell this team's really missing Tyler Hero off the dribble. But the game was already over before he would have came in. It, 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 <laughs> it, that's, that's my point. Like, that's my point. Like, some of these guys are like, Whatever is happening at the start of these games, I can't figure it out. But to me, I, I I had Miami in seven, I believe, maybe six. A lot of it was because I said it was going to be about the defense and the rebounding, right? That was what was going to be the key. I thought that, silly me, thought that Bam was going to be able to establish himself after after doing, in my opinion, a pretty decent job on the guy who was the second, uh, the runner-up for MVP. I know he had a broken face, right? But at the games that he played, like, sure, he played well, but I thought that Bam held his own. I, I thought that he played decently enough. And I think that if you look at him, you squint your eyes, and then you if you really like the flavor of ice cream that he's selling, you can convince yourself that Bam is a top four big, top five big. So I'm, Ooh, I don't know about that. That's just like in terms of not necessarily in terms of being an all around player. I'm not saying that he's like a top like. Okay. Who else would you rather have guard Giannis? Right. Uh, like like if you're looking if you're just looking across like who can also who can guard Giannis and bring the ball up the court and is six ten. Okay, from that aspect, that's what you're saying. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like sure, Rudy Gobert is a better defender than him, but I don't want Rudy Gobert on my team. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, of the guys, like, the guys who are, I feel like, could be pieces of winning, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's fair. That's why I'm not saying, like, you know, you know me, I'm not a big list guy, but I just feel like <laughs> if you, he's on the top half of tier two to me. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, can, I can buy that. I can buy that. But on a team where you don't have a bona fide go to a level superstar, and I get that Jimmy Butler, we do this every year. Uh, when it gets to the 16 games, you know, he always becomes becomes a superstar and he's a regular season star. Jimmy Butler's just a really good player. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes and doesn't demand a lot of attention, right? So, like, I get it. He doesn't necessarily – how sexy are elbow jumpers, right? But that's part of the reason why I like Miami is because I thought that they would be able to execute enough in the half court with Jimmy and Bam hitting open jumpers I don't know why you thought that. I just watched the playoffs. I watched this year. I thought that they had gotten better from last year. I mean, and plus two. Well, you know what I didn't expect at all was Max Struess to ha to put up a, a Tony Snell, zero, 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 zero. 
Duncan Robinson to be a non-factor this entire playoff run, right? Like, I, I just – some of these things that were a key, a key part of heat – heat culture or oh whatever. But I really – but – at the end of the day, the Heat still have a shot to win this series in seven because it's only one loss. And like the Warriors said, when they lost by 50 to Memphis, this only counts as one loss in the uh, in the standings. And it's a 2-2 series. But I just am disappointed in the way that Miami's played. And I see that. I, I understand how people are like. And I might be stealing a little bit of your thunder. I'll give it over right here. But, like, the idea of, like, they win quarters. Like I get why people are trying to justify how Boston has lost two games in this series. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, bro, in the first game, I believe, the Miami Heat had a historical third quarter to win that game. They they got outplayed every other quarter in that game. They just had to have – that third quarter was just – it was magical. You know my number one. It was magical. Gambling and, and sports in general. What's that? All that matters, matters is the, the final score. score. <laughs> right, it. exactly. But you should be concerned. Boston's going to win this series in six. And I said this before this series, and I feel even better about it now because – and I hate, you know, I hate to talk about injuries, but it is what it is. Jimmy Butler is obviously hobbled. He shouldn't even play last game. He had six points. And the game before they had eight, I know, he, I know he only played one half. So he's had 14 points in his last two games. He's clearly not healthy. And for Miami, his last three half, last three that's still bad. That's still, last five that, that's still really bad. And for Miami to win this series, for you to, to be successful in this prediction, you're going to need Jimmy Butler to be that guy that can get you 30-plus that he's been doing for a lot of the playoffs because you cannot rely on Bam in this matchup. It's a bad matchup for him. You have a Robert Williams who's very athletic, very long. You got Al Horford who just has good positioning, great IQ, and Grant Williams can just muck things up and make it difficult for you. They have multiple bodies to throw at him, and that's why I like Boston because for Jimmy Butler, they got Tatum. You got Jalen Brown. They didn't even have Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year last game, who can also get in there and mix things up. And we know that he's known for getting those loose balls, those momentum type of plays that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. So Miami's in trouble, man. And if Hero can't go, I I really don't think they're going to win another game, especially with a hobbled Jimmy Butler right now. And you cannot rely on Bam to be that guy from a scoring perspective. Miami's going to win the next game. No, they're not. In this series. No, they're not. I feel confident with that. They'll win game five. I, don't, I will say this, though. I, if they don't win game five, it'll go seven. I don't see Miami not winning another game. No, Miami's not going to win game six in Boston. The variance is just too great. I don't know how you can be confident about any of these teams not winning a single game, especially in the series that we're about to talk to, like the Warriors and the Mavericks, who we were both dead wrong on, apparently. But I don't know. I don't feel like I'm wrong. I feel like the Mavericks keep missing shots. I mean, that would mean you're wrong, though. Because no, if you no. pick them to win, you're assuming they're going to make shots. Well, so technically, you, you're you know, wrong. I, you know, no, no, I don't care. Because if I had picked them to win, I would have never assumed that Maxi Kleber and Reggie Bullock and Spencer Dinwiddie would have all combined to go 27 for 27 from the floor. Or let me do better. Let's say 22 for 27 from the floor. So I would have never, ever predicted them in a loss to go 5 for 27 from the floor. So, no, I don't know. I'm not taking credit nor blame for that. I, like, if Luka Doncic is getting down into the lane, doing his thing, dancing with whoever's in front of him, he draws four, and he throws the ball behind his head and hits Jalen Brunson in the right eye with the basketball, and he can't make a three-point shot, that's not my fault. <laughs> 
Well, if you want to go there, then that's not my fault. If you want to, if you want to take that angle, then you can say that nothing is your fault when it comes to sports because technically you are not playing. No. So nothing, no, 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 nothing. No, no, you get no credit for anything, no. and you get no fault for anything. If that's your angle, <laughs> no, I just it's, you can say that for any game that you bet on. This series, and you know what it really is. I'm really just talking about the idea that I thought it was going to be Mavs and six, Mavs and seven, whatever. I never would have expected Warriors in four. That's what I'm saying. I'm not necessarily upset that I got the prediction wrong. It's not going to be four. Mavs are going to win tonight. I I don't think so. I don't. Th- the only way is this is a classic extend the series type of game. Watch Steph's going to have like three quick fouls. I don't know where Scott. Dallas is going to make all their shots. I don't know where Scott is. I don't know where uh, Scott. The Warriors is. like we're going to go back home anyway, so we might as well just finish it out game five at home. Look, I all I know. Oh, I know. And they and they did say that after the game. Steph said that. They yeah, they're playing with house money. When he said that, I'm like, oh, okay. But I I don't know if it matters because you know what you can do with house money? Win bets. You don't like the phrase house money though. I feel like I've used that before and you didn't like it. It makes it makes literally no sense to me. <laughs> I knew you didn't like it. <laughs> it makes absolutely. What do, what do you mean house money? It means, like, you know, you're up more than you anticipated to be up. So, like, if you lose a little bit, you're still up, theoretically, right? Uh, right. That sounds like a loser's <laughs> House money, if you mean that, if, if, if I'm up, it is no It means you're up, up. That it's not house money. It's Martin's money. <laughs> I feel you. It's Martin's <laughs> money now. It used to be house money, yeah. then I got it. Yeah. Now it's Martin's money. <laughs> so it's safe to say, audience, that Martin is not playing with house money ever. No, I'm always playing with Martin's money. playing with Martin's money. And then if I give something back, then that's house money. Oh, so is it house money? What about if, well, I guess you'll still say it's your Martin's money. What if somebody gave you, like, fronted you some money? Hey, I'm going to front you this and put some money down on a bet. It's, yeah, so, that's Martin's so money. So then it becomes your money, though, when they Hell give it to yeah. you. That, that's not considered house money. Look, what is it possession? Because it, it wasn't your it wasn't your money initially. Hey, a lot of the money, most. <laughs> in fact, now that I'm trying to think, I think every damn dollar I done earned <laughs> in my life wasn't initially mine, <laughs> but I got it. <laughs> Somebody gave it to I feel me, you. I feel some you. kind of way, and it became my money, and it you. never ever went to nobody's house. Martin does not like house money. It's just, it's just, it's just a nonsense. You know what it is? It's just something that people tell themselves. It's a funny saying. Though. Well, it's something that people tell themselves to make themselves feel better about going up five and losing three. It's like, well, you know, I was playing with house money. No, yeah. you were playing with your money. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. You was playing with your money and you lost. See, so don't, you should be on Dallas tonight. If Steph is saying house money. He's already telling you that they're not even going to really take this game that seriously. Look, tonight. if I was a smart gambler, I wouldn't be betting on none of these damn games. Or I'd be doing like Sal's been doing. I don't know if you noticed this. But it, what he's doing for like the last 10 playoff games, he's just taking adjusted lines on both sides. Whoever's the favorite, he takes them up to like plus nine or minus nine and a half. Whoever's the dog takes mm-hmm. them down to uh, plus ten, uh, nine and a half. And boom, he's hitting like plus 400 every night. Four to one, five to one, because everything's a, a, a damn disaster. He's a smart man. Then what the Mavericks need to do, though, to go back to talking about this, because they're not playing with nobody's damn house money, because you know what they do got? They got 07 LeBron right here. And, you know, I bet the Cleveland Cavaliers thought they were playing with house money because, he was, oh, he'll be back next year. He'll be, we could just build around him. It'll all be okay. We'll have, we'll, he'll be for here. He'll be here for many, many years, <laughs> right? No, no, no. There, nobody is, house money is, 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 no. There is no house. There's just money. But 
they have got to got to improve and get a big man who is an offensive threat. And it, like somebody, like I'll put it like I think if the Mavericks had Bam Adebayo instead of Dwight Powell running off of those Luca pick and rolls, because I've been thinking, I've been doing this in my head. How do the Mavericks extend this window? How do they get better? Right? Because I don't. I like the guards. You like the guards. It's it's the Finney Smiths and the front court players where you're looking like okay, because that's really what they did. They traded Porzingis, who was a, the front court, obviously, traded him. Got Dinwiddie back. I was looking like, I don't know if DeAndre Ayton is available. But that's where my head was at. My head automatically went to, what do the Mavs do in the offseason? See, I don't. To what do the Mavs do in this series? I look at it a little bit differently. I don't think they need a big that is an offensive threat. I think they just need a big that is a lob threat and is a rim protector. Like a guy like a Robert Williams, I think would be perfect for Luka because they're not going to just give the ball down low and say, hey, go to work, big man. That's not how Luka plays. It's more of the pick and roll, lob threats. Lob threat is an offensive weapon. Well, when you said that, I'm thinking you meant like a guy that can just get his own offense. That's how I took it when you said that. I don't even know, but there's only like three big guys in the NBA who can do that. Yeah. When we talk about an offensive weapon, somebody who's over 6'10", unless they are a primary ball handler, they look like Clint Capella. Yeah, like a guy like that, because they don't have that at all. But I think for the legit number two option, it needs to be somebody on the perimeter, another ball handler that can get his own. I love Jalen Brunson, but his size kind of limits what he can really do offensively to a certain extent. And we all know Dinwiddie is very inconsistent. Uh, there is a couple of free agents out there. I'm not sure if they will be able to sign him, and I'm not sure if he would want to go there because the situa- situation he's in right now Kind of similar to Dallas, where he won't be the primary guy. But what about Zach Levine? Nah, I don't think they need another gunner. I really don't. Or Bradley Bill. If you look at, I don't think they want to take the ball. I think that what happened earlier in the playoffs, the Mavericks won without Luka. Luka got back and they lost. Me and you both sat here and said, okay, what are they going to do now? Because they need to find the mix. I still feel like they have found the mix. Like, yeah, but they need a guy that can shoot with confidence, though. Like you the know, problem is they're and you see how the Warriors many, are guarding him. The problem is they take too many threes. That is that truly is the they, or you know, they take too many threes and don't have enough two point diversity in their offense. When you look at gold, like I think what the Mavericks really should do. Excuse me. Yeah, they don't have a slasher. Imagine if they had Levine. I don't think they need somebody else that's handling the ball. I really don't. If you look at the Warriors. You have, like, I, if anything, a defensive stopper, like upgrade from Finney Smith, and and get better shooting out of your out of your defensive wing. But you look at your combination of Luca, and put Dinwiddie and Brunson together, and then a Finney Smith over there. If I'm the Mavericks, I look at that and I say, okay, this is my Steph Clay, and 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 Kevin Durant slash Jordan Poole. That's what I. That's the way I see it. Like you know what I'm saying. Obviously. KD is much better than those, you know what I'm saying? But I'm look, I look at that three, and I look at that three, and I compare the two. And I say, all right, well, and, and, and if you go back and watch, like some of these breakdowns, it's like when the Mavericks can't get a stop, it's not because they're forcing a missed jump shot. It's because Draymond is breaking somebody down and Kevon Looney is dunking the ball. Or whatever. You know who they need? Kevon Looney. <laughs> Now, Kevon Looney just looks good in that situation. It's a perfect fit. The difference is, though, between your Warriors and Mavs analogy 
is Steph's gravity oh and my Clay goodness. Thompson's gravity. They, I've been hearing they, about gravity they extend, on the basketball court. Like they extend, the they extend defenses out so far out. Yet, as soon as Steph crosses half court, you have to pay attention to him. That's not the same thing with Luca. What? So that no, it's not the same. It's not the same. Come on, Steph's the greatest shooter of all time. You, you telling me? I'm not saying that. Of course, Luca is a much better. So I mean, Steph the floor is spacing is way different. You're, but you're, no, it's not though. Because as soon as Luca, what? Oh my gosh. The floor space is not different between Steph and Luca. Are you not watching the? Are you not watching the way that Steph? I mean, that, the way that Luca. They're not picking the, up. They're not. The defense bro, isn't you're looking not at hearing him. Me. You're not hearing me. When Luca, when Luca dodges in the lane, five players on the defense have one foot in it. You're talking about in the lane. I'm talking about when he passes half court. Uh, but the, you're not telling. The, you're saying that the idea that the, that this, like somehow there's not spacing. Like there's an incredible amount of spacing among both of these two players. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. I'm talking about Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, man. Come on. I'm not talking about his ability to shoot the ball. I'm talking about the ability to create space for the other teams on offense. I'm like, like how wide open have the Mavericks been this series? How? Why is that happening? You're missing my point, bro. You're missing the point. The point is, with Steph Curry, he allows everybody to drive into open lanes. Luka Doncic is driving into lanes, looking to kick the shooters. Steph uh -oh. Curry does not play like that. Steph Curry stays on the perimeter and allows guys to drive into open lanes with their small ball lineup. That is not what the Dallas Mavericks do. They got Norman Pyle or whatever his name is playing so twenty is, minutes a night. So how is it that <laughs> how is it that I have seen Jalen Brunson exhibit like I don't know like the best postseason uh, footwork for a guy under six feet in the lane? That we've seen in the last like ten years. How is that happening? It must not be because he, he must not be driving the lane. Like, uh, oh okay. my gosh! You now you're it. just making up stuff. Are you? Are you <laughs> Jalen Brunson over the last ten years? Are you kidding me? Are is Jalen Brunson not in the lane every night, pivoting like he's seven feet tall? So he's the best one at his size for the last ten years to do that. Tell me who's better. Who? Tell me who's better off his pivot foot in the last Kyrie 10 years? Irvin. Under Kyrie five, Irvin. under six ten. I mean, under six feet. He's not cut off his pivot foot. Jalen no. Brunson is six feet. No. Off his pivot foot, off back to the basket, off his pivot foot. Kyrie Irving has up way better under. footwork than him. Come on, bro. I'm not talking about his handles. That's bro. I'm talking about footwork. About... That's footwork. You're talking about footwork. You said it's pivot oh, foot. Did you not just say pivot foot? Right. Pri primary. That's part of foot. footwork. Primary word being foot. I'm not talking about his handles, which are attached. I'm to not hands. talking about his handles. It's about his footwork. Kyrie has way better footwork than Jalen Brunson. What are you talking about? Show me Kyrie in the post. Show I can show you plenty of clips of Kyrie in the post. No, I can show you a hundred clips Kyrie, of it. When Kyrie and KD were on Instagram <laughs> fucking live, and and and, KD, and Kyrie said, "I want seven post ups a game," the entire country laughed at him. Whereas Jalen Brunson has been getting three, four post ups so a game you're every post game. Using the game. country as your evidence, the same. Okay, this okay. Am I, I'm just saying. I'm just. Oh, this this is absurd. Like, yeah, what? you're talking crazy. It is oh absurd. <laughs> you're right. Like, what the you fuck? You said Jalen Brunson the last 10 years. That's wild. That's a wild take. That is wild. I hope you tweet. I want you to tweet that. Jalen Brunson. I want you to tweet that. Jalen Brunson's post-game, post-game footwork for a guard under six feet tall. Consistent post-game footwork. Is he under six feet tall? I thought he was six feet. All right, six feet then. No, Kyrie, sure. You want to take him to the post. He dribble turnaround. Absolutely, or or somebody going to the lane, sure. But back to basket, no matter the height, Jalen Brunson had Rudy Gobert jumping all over the place. Defensive player of the so year Kyrie, in the post. Kyrie can't do that in the post. Kyrie can't with do his that. back to the, with his back to Rudy Kyrie Gobert. Kyrie can do that. Kyrie can do that. Kyrie's done that. 
I can show you plenty of clips of Kyrie doing that. I don't have you don't have to show I don't have to show you clips of Jalen Brunson doing. You just got to watch the TV. Well, you obviously you don't watch Kyrie Irving. Obviously, you just got to watch the TV the last the if, last like ten games well, that the Mavericks have played. You this clearly one. haven't watched Kyrie Irving then. How, I mean, Jalen Brunson scoring how many points in the paint? I don't what, know. You 10 tell me. Since you're the Jalen Brunson advocate here, you, you tell, tell me. me how he's not. He's. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. He's in the post. I mean, how many for, points? How many points is he averaging in the, in the paint per game? I'm telling you, it's ten, and you telling me he's nobody. So I mean, it's no, all. Good. I didn't say that. You said he was the the best in the last ten years at his size, bro. Because there isn't somebody better that I have seen under. Like seriously, if you isolate that single thing, sure, you want to talk about three point shooting? Absolutely. Is just does Kyrie have better handles? Absolutely. Is he a better passer? I don't know. That's a good question. But the, all these other things that you want to talk about, sure. But if you're talking about a guy putting his ass on the block and backing somebody down and using post moves to get open, that's Jalen Brunson, bro. It's not Kyrie. Okay. All right. We can move on. You got it. This is uh, when you did it happen? You Kyrie it, hasn't yeah. posted up. To, when is he posted? He doesn't post up. Okay. Kyrie doesn't post up. Wow. Okay. All right. You got it, man. Let's move on. Let's take a quick break. Like Kyrie posts up all the time. That's not. That's not a post move to get over. What's not a post move? This is not a post. He's handling the ball. He's literally handling the ball. It's not a post move. You have the. What are you talking about? He's handling the ball on the block. He's not making a post move. Like was, I, his, was his back not to the basket? Look, look okay, his back cool. Back to the basket. That's a post move. How's that not? A, that's the same thing Brunson does. Oh t- no, it's not. No, it's not. He's driving the lane. Like I'm looking at him, watching him driving the lane. Like one of these has not. Not one of these has been a post up, bro. Because he's driving the lane. He's driving the lane. He's clearly driving the lane. It's the same thing, Brunson. He's clearly driving the lane. Like, like basket, maybe bro. this would be a post-up if he was in the post, but he's on the three-point line. Like, that's not a post-up. This is fucking stupid. Like, I can't believe, like, I'm, like, I don't know what you're watching. All right, bro. All right, dude. This is the closest thing to a post-up. That's it. Yeah. And he shot a jumper. Bro, that's the closest thing. A post-up doesn't thing. mean. This is the closest thing that he's going to post-up and post-up not be on right the here. block. No, this is the closest thing to a post-up. Right here. Post-feed right here. What did he do? He turned around and shot a bro, jumper. Bro, just because you dribble to get to the post and post-up doesn't mean it's not a post-move. that's not a post-up when he's Yes, it is. If your back is to the basket, bro, that's a post-move. You're not telling me it's a post-move if you cross somebody up at the three-point line to get down there. Like, uh, if your back is to the basket, that's a post-move. All right, man. I get it. I get it. Y'all, <laughs> y'all basketball, Twitter geniuses, y'all got it. Ask Twitter. I'm not about to ask Twitter, bro, because I don't give a fuck. It's a post move. You clearly, I know you clearly I, do because you bro, just want to just, look it up on YouTube. Bro, I, I sat there and I watched four different post-ups that they said were post-ups that weren't post-ups. So I, I, no, y'all don't know what the fuck y'all talking about, and that's fine. Okay. That's why Chet Holmes going to be the number one pick. All right. Y'all got, got it. it. You got it, bro. No, uh, seriously, y'all got it. That's why Chad Holmgren gonna be the number one pick because everybody's talking about this and that. Like, yeah, and he's like, gonna be a future All Star. No, because no, because you. I just would love to see him actually post up the way that y'all talk about people actually posting up. Because what happened when went, they went down and Georgia State actually went and posted him up? He couldn't stand tall. That's what I'm talking about. That's why in the whole NBA, there's so many people who six nine, six ten, six eleven, who are getting bullied by PJ Tucker's of the world because they can't post up. 
I'm being All for right. real. But this, that's the reason why. Because y'all got this, y'all got these takes of people doing spin moves at, uh, at, 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 on the logo to get down into the block. Like, no, show me an up and under. Show me you backing somebody down and doing a drop oh, step. Kyrie does no. that all the time. I just, I mean, you got to show me. I need <laughs> to see it. I need to see it. Because what I saw last year out of Kyrie was screen and roll, screen and roll, screen and roll, screen and roll. And that's why they got swept. And that's why they were the seventh ranked team in the, uh, uh, in the East. That's why. Because they don't have any diversification of offense. That's Maybe if Kyrie was taking his ass down to the block, they would have been a better team if he had been there for more than half the you're season. You're talking about this year, why they were the seventh? That's why they were the seventh seed this year? I said if he had been there for more than half the season. Did, you, oh, did they have I any, thought you were talking about their offense. That's did they have any diversification in their offense? The reason they were seventh seed. Did they have guys, any diversification guys in their out, offense? Because guys were not there. That's not they the, have, <laughs> when they had everybody there, did they have any diversification in that's their offense? That's a Steve Nash problem. Did they have any? Yes or no? That's a Steve Nash problem. So the answer is yes. They had no diversification in their offense. Thank you. That's why they sit so at home right that's now. That's Kyrie's fault. You maybe if he took his ass down to the block, they would be still. I mean, I don't know. Bro, he's still a point guard. He's not. We're talking, we're not talking about a center. Up? You know who posts up? We're not talking about a center. Player. Jason Tatum will go down to the block. Jason Tatum is six eight. But I'm talking. <laughs> but I'm saying that's the clear difference between a perimeter player who will go and post up. And you can you can literally literally sit there and point at the times that he'll go and post up, and you can sit there and say that's a post up. Oh, that's an ISO. That's right, a you were literally looking at post ups and weren't calling them post ups because like, they weren't. Those are post ups. If your back is against, if your back is to the basket, you're posting up. Like, what are you talking about? Just because you dribble to get there doesn't make the difference of it not being a post up. You know, this attitude, just because this you attitude, why Carl Anthony Towns feels like he can dominate on the block. It's this type of attitude. He doesn't even post up. He shoots threes it, all game. It, by your logic, up. he posts up all the time. No, that's not my logic. By your logic, he How posts is that up my all logic? the time. But Kyrie probably posts up more than no. Carl Anthony Towns, Towns does what I just saw Kyrie do all the time. I watched him do it in the first round of the playoffs, and that's why they ass got swept because oh, he played man. big man, not tall. I mean, he played tall man, not big man. He's just tall. I mean, I don't even see Cat post up that much at all, to be honest. With you. Well, I saw literally, I saw him do what we what we just watched Kyrie do during the break that we just took. Those were post ups. Was, was, that's half of Cat's bag. <laughs> That's half a cat's bag right so what's, there. What's your point? So it, either he does post up or he doesn't. Like either. Why can't you do both? Kyrie and Ka Carlini Towns had the same post bag. Why can't you do both? So you're making my point. Kyrie does post up. No. He's a he's a point guard, bro. Neither one of them do. Neither one of them well, do. Why do you want your point guard to post up that much anyway? I'm not saying that I do. All I said was that Jalen Brunson has the best post game for somebody under six feet, and you made it seem like it was something ridiculous. Like, it's it's not only is it not ridiculous, there's not a lot of other evidence to even pr 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 prove it otherwise. It's like saying Kevin Durant's the best seven-foot shooter. Yeah, he is. Guess what? There's also not a lot of people who are seven feet who can shoot that good. Like, it's not a – like, what are you talking about? Okay, man. Can we move on? I just, I mean, I just, yeah, sure. I just think it's absurd. That's an absurd, absurd opinion. All right. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Does Andrew Wiggins, does he Does he post up? Yes, he does. Okay. He He's very efficient when he does it, too. You want to talk about how your boy dunked all over your other boy? Yeah, let's talk about it. Are you, are you, are you good now? I'm fine. I'm <laughs> just, you probably thought that was an offensive foul. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I just, you know, I don't know what basketball y'all be watching. <laughs> You're funny, man. But, yeah, that Andrew Wiggins, obviously, he's in a great situation. I'm happy for him. He does something that nobody else on that Warriors team can do, and that is exactly what he did to Luka Doncic. 
And honestly, he's been the most valuable player for the Warriors in this series. When you look at both sides of the basketball, he's picking up. It's frightening to. Agree he's with picking him. up Luca at 94 feet. He's making things hard for him. I know he scored 40 the last two games, but it, it looks a lot harder when he's doing it. It's 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 the uh, Andre Iguodala effect, like where you know he got the Finals MVP for holding LeBron to to 40 and all of that. Like yeah. that's what it is. Like. It's if if Andrew Wiggins wasn't there, who God only knows the massacre that would be holding on. Like you know what I'm saying. Like the onslaught that Luca would be doing. And and you're absolutely right. Like it's been at funny stretches because it's not like he's closing games, quote unquote, or are like are like the the you know especially in all these games that they have been they they got out to the big you know everybody in the playoffs these night these days gets out to a huge stretch, right. And he's not necessarily like the guy who's doing that either. But you can go back and point to each Warriors victory of this series at a point when the game felt like it was in the balance and Andrew Wiggins did something to push it back to a 10-point lead or to push it or, or, or did two things, got a rebound that was an outlet to, to Steph for a three and then got another rebound. Even like his putbacks. Like he's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Put-backs. Rebound, putbacks. It's, there's, it's, it's something that is and, – and the thing is, they're never drawing the play for him, right? It's always like he's like the extra pass reversal knockdown. And it's just, but you're absolutely right that he's like you have to have a nuanced eye to see it in my opinion because it was easy to be like you see Steph go out and hit three threes at the end. Yeah. And then it'd be like to make the game from 7 to 15 and mm-hmm. then it'd be like oh Steph was the key. So you can see that. You got the eyes for Wiggins. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, I, I just I don't know. What that you means. just you just question my basketball IQ since I don't know what a post up means. I guess apparently. Well, I, you know, I just <laughs> we'll talk during the game tonight. I want to see. I want we. We'll, I'm gonna. I want to know what a post up is. What a post up isn't, according to uh, Mark Gunnels. But yeah, we'll get to later. We'll talk about during the game tonight. But Andrew Wiggins catching that dunk. I think that's got to be the dunk of the playoffs this year. Yeah, he had another one too against Memphis. Remember that the two-handed one? Yeah, but this. Yeah, one? but no, nah, that was nasty though. That was nasty. But no, that's debatable. What's that? That one that Jaw had was pretty crazy too, though. Who was the one that Jaw uh, had? On? That's the point. Yeah, that's the point right there. <laughs> you no, know, I know it's against the Warriors though. That's the point right yeah. there. That is my point. I'm not saying that it was. I'm not saying that it wasn't a miraculous. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it was like Bielitsa or something weird like that. Yeah, yeah. But. That's the point. This guy, of the two, of these two that was players. The, that was the jawbreaker one, right? Yeah. 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 But, like, of yeah. these two players, one's on a Hall of Fame track. One's had a great career redemption. Yeah. The Hall of Fame track was not the dunker. The yeah. Hall of Fame track was the dunked on. Yeah. That's something that uh, Maple Jordan, as he was once known, should be able to hang his He's still on. known for that, man. Don't say once known. He's still known for that. He's still the Jordan of Canada. Still the respect, Canada. Put some respect on his name, man. He made the all-star team. He's about to win finals MVP. Andrew Wiggins is the best player from Canada? That can't be true. I mean, not all time. It's obviously Steve Nash. Are you talking about currently? Yeah, who's I don't know. Currently, who's Dylan Canada? Brooks is from Canada. R, RJ Barrett's from Canada. Tristan Thompson, but he's not really in the league anymore. He might be the best current player from Canada. 
Oh, you know what I need? I need that's what it is. I need everybody's uh Jokic MVP reason to come back so we can write the ship of who the best player from Canada is. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Jamal Murray. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So he's not active right now. So as of right now, and Wiggins has the title, right? Because if Jamal Murray was here, apparently what 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 I've been told, if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. was playing, we'd be watching what was it Warriors Warriors Nuggets right now probably? It's a really good chance. Yeah, it's a really good chance. I can tell you feel like you, I can I can see when you feel as if you're going to be attacked on a take because you you do like this with your face like you furrow your eyebrows <laughs> and you make your face. It's a really good chance. You like shake your head really really <laughs> like you didn't know that I was going to push back on the uh, Kyrie post up thing. It caught you by surprise. <laughs> you know what's not catching me by any by any bit of surprise though is the amount of of just ass whoopings we've seen in this year's postseason. Yeah, it's um, I don't know if we ever had a postseason like this before. I can't remember. We've definitely it, had postseasons like this. Before. Really, bro? Well, Blows every night. I think that what we are what we are seeing here is a concentration of blowouts consecutively. I think that we have had playoffs like this. If you if you spread the uh, Oh, like all from the, the first round all the, way, all the way to the finals? Yeah, I think if you spread all the blowouts out throughout the span of the playoffs, I think you probably have around the same number. It's just right now we are having – there is one game per night, and it is over by six minutes left in the first quarter. Yeah. I just think that I, – I saw this stat earlier today. Teams are shooting double the amount of threes they were just four years ago, but they're making the same amount. That's terrible. They're making the same percentage. That's bad. Right? So, like, the 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 variance is so great that, as a result, that's what's ended up happening. So, I think that at this point, and, and I think that they're not paying attention to the human aspect of it, and that's just the thing that I feel like the Warriors understand that the Mavericks don't. Sometimes, if you miss four threes in a row, you have to go inside. It's giving me very Houston Rockets vibes when they missed 27 straight threes against the Warriors in the Harden, uh, the Harden era. Or do you want or to go cross sport? Like I was telling you, the whole all season for Kansas City, part of the problem with the offense is that they couldn't just run the ball for four yards. And it's like, but they can do all these other things. They can throw. They can do. They can, like Golden State. They can. They can. They can shoot threes. They can back screen. They can do. Sometimes you just got to go into the paint. And make something happen. Not go into the paint and kick. You got to go into the paint, rise up on somebody, go into the paint, draw a foul, go into the paint, and just be physical. Like, if you look at the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals, Ime Udoka's favorite word is physicality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that you end up getting out and jumping on teams. And I think part of the reason why Miami ended up winning the first couple, uh, was game one of the Boston series, they jumped out and were more physical than Boston was. I don't think there's any level of that in the Western Conference Finals. But I also think that, like, part of the reason is because those two teams, the Warriors, are more finesse. I mean, are, the Dallas is more finesse, in my opinion, than the Warriors oh, are yeah. at this yeah, point. Yeah, 100%. But that's part of the reason why. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't know that stat about the threes, though. That's pretty crazy that they're shooting. You said double it's threes like, attempts from four years ago, but they're only making, it's either, making the it's same. It's like four to six years ago. It's it's just around double the amount of attempts. Yeah, but they're making the same. But they're making the same percentage. Mm. So it's like if if they were taking in, uh, you know, in two thousand and seventeen, uh, uh, they were taking 
15 threes a game. Mm-hmm. Now they're taking 30 threes a game. Mm-hmm. And if they're making seven then, now they're making 15. You know, 14. Yeah. Yeah. So are we going to do our top five worst games? I mean, yeah, I got. I can give you my top three right now. Okay. Western Conference two. Finals game one, game two, and game three. Because I just, <laughs> God damn. I mean, I just really just thought no, that. Game, I game, just, game two and three weren't that bad. I thought, but see, that's that's what we're justifying. We're talking about wasn't that bad. I mean, game two, the Mavs got up big, but then the Warriors came back and made. It was a pretty competitive game see, in the fourth quarter. And then game three, it wasn't like a complete blowout. Nah, There's I've been, definitely been worse games. I've been sitting here watching watching these games, fighting off watching This Is Us with my girl instead, trying to make sure. Because it's like, I got to watch this for She's like, you know who's going to win. The score, they're down by 30. But like, that, that game three, it just felt like one team got up big and went on a huge run, and then another team got up on a huge run. But they were never competing with one another. Oh, you're talking about game three? Yeah, it's like it was just like two ships passing in a wind. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like they never met at that. <laughs> they never met at like, the point where like this is like you feel like the game was in the balance. Right. Like, like it's like, like who's gonna take take control now? Yeah, it was just like the it's temp- like it's like an overlap. The temperature rose, then the temperature dropped. But we never stayed at like seventy five and like had a party. I you know what I'm saying? saying? We we just it got hot, then it got cold. Well, can we both agree the worst game of the playoffs was the one we saw last night? That was pretty bad. I mean, the game was over in five within five minutes. I took a phone call to start that game, and you know, it was like, you know, let me get off the phone. The game's starting, and generally, I'll try not to be on the phone when the game is on. Mm-hmm. Try to watch it, write stuff down, see who's posting up where. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you're post. I need you to count every post up for every game now, because you're the post post up guru. So you need to tell me how many post ups every team does per game. I, I need that stat. I mean, I knew it was a dying art, but I didn't know that yeah. it was. You, you must, when you play that. basketball, you must love to play in the post. Look, man, there's value to banging. These are, prof- like. In- you get your big ass on the block, huh? Yes. Go get your big ass down there. Like, <laughs> like there is, if, like, there, in, in pro sports or in sports in general, there is an attitude of, like, like, we look at it like a job. But there's nobody here trying to stop us from recording this podcast. Like, if we were professional athletes or athletes in general, it would be somebody's job to try to stop us from recording, like pulling the headphones off, all this and that and third. Like, we don't ever account, I feel like, for the fact that there's defense in games. No, that's not true. That's not true, especially in the playoffs. I don't account for that, the fact that there's defense, but the fact that very highlighted. Like, the fact that there's a human element to it. Like, the, the idea that, like, people get tired. Yeah, like there's resistance. Yeah, but I mean, that game last night. Another game in the running too that we haven't mentioned was that Warriors Grizzlies game when they were down by fifty. See the benefit <laughs> that had I I went to a bar crawl for the second half of that game, knowing that it was because it was on a Saturday. Yeah. So I knew I had time to catch up for Monday. Unfortunately, I didn't have anything to catch up on. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a snoozer, and I'm gonna give uh, game three. In Brooklyn. Boston, Brooklyn, game three of first round. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I had, to go, I had to go back and remember that game. It was then that you realized that the Brooklyn Nets. It's like if you if you didn't realize the Brooklyn Nets were cooked, you were lying to yourself. But it was also then that you realized that 
damn, the Nets are cooked. That means there's going to be no KD, no Kyrie, no Bruce Brown. Damn, no more Kyrie post-ups, man. Well, I wouldn't have seen those anyway. (laughs) I mean, the only post player that the Nets had, it was well documented for most of the season, was Bruce Brown. I got to give this game a a shout-out, too, though. But I think this was actually – I'm going to flip it for you. This was the most entertaining blowout. Because I actually – it was a blowout, but I actually enjoyed every second of it. Maybe because I'm I'm a Luka guy. Game 7 in Phoenix. That shit was fun, bro. No way. That was a fun. You can't admit that was a fun blowout. I was mad because it was fun to see just the demise of the Phoenix Suns and like oh, how they just man. quit. I was pissed because at that point I'll never. Forget. Why were you pissed? You had money on it. Yeah, I was going to the conference finals. I did. I wasn't mad as I won the bet, obviously, but I was pissed that I said the because like, on TK had texted me and was talking about man, tomorrow's gonna be great. Two game sevens. And it was just like <laughs> oh, I was yeah. I was sitting, I was ready, man. I was ready. Two game sevens locked in. Couch was comfortable. Remote in one hand, drink in the other. Ready to just lock in. And it just was six hours of just bad. Like it's it they're like bad movies, man. It's like it gets so bad that after a while, you keep watching to see how bad it gets. Like I it's just like like yeah. I'm too far invested. Like yesterday. I, I, I put the game on the little TV. So what you put on the big TV? This is us. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> hey, I'll say this. Though. I think tonight's going to be a good game. But I, I could low-key see Dallas blowing them out too, though. I've said that. I've said <laughs> I think tonight's going to be a game. I've said I think this is going to be a close series. I've said it all a million damn times. The only thing I know this is bet unders. Because from from here on out, uh, I mean, this one team's not going to show up. So you might as well just take every like take two units, break them into fifths, take five of the starters on the on the home team, five starters on the away team, put twenty uh, but what uh, was that point two units on each starters under, and just that be I feel that's the only fun way you can have to enjoy these games. Okay, good. Uh... Weiss advice right there from the one and only Martin Weiss. And you know what? I'll give you some more Weiss advice right here, right now. I'll tell you about the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. The largest best ball prize pool is here, and it's only at Underdog Fantasy. With $10 million in total prize money and three prizes of a million or more, the best place to play fantasy football this summer, Underdog. The winner of Best Ball Mania, a seven-figure prize last year, he drafted in June. So there's no time like the present. Join Underdog and take your spot at a million-dollar draft. In Best Ball Mania, you just enter the contest on the Underdog website or app, draft a team, and that's it. There's no waivers. There's no trades. No in-season management. Underdog gives you the best score each week of the season and the highest-scoring drafts at the end of the season. Plus... Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code CousinSal. That's four free entries, Mark Donald's, four free entries into Best Ball Mania 3. So what are you waiting for? Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store and sign up for Underdog with the promo code CousinSal today. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code CousinSal. My lemon pepper parlay on that same Underdog Fantasy app. I told you play the unders, Mark. Going under Dorian Finney-Smith, 18 points, rebounds, and assists combined. And I'm going Steph to make more threes than Luka in the rival section. 
Okay, cool, cool. I like it. I got an under as well. So my lemon pepper parlay on the underdog fantasy app. I'm going under on Clay Thompson's points at 19 and a half. He's been under on this number two of the three games in this series. He's not the same Clay. This number's too high. So under there. And for the rival section, I'm taking Reggie Bullock. Yes, the guy that had the big donut last game. Plus six and a half points with Andrew Wiggins. So he'll be within plus six and a half with Andrew Wiggins. I'm kind of fading my guy here, but he had a big game last game. And if I know him like I know him, tonight he's due for like a 14 to 15 point game. And Bullock's going to make some shots tonight. So that is my play. Well, you, we leave with questions. Will Andrew Wiggins continue to be the Warriors' MVP? Will the Dallas Mavericks continue to miss open shots? Will Mark Gunnels learn to post up? <laughs> All that and more on the next episode of the Lemon Pepper Parlay. Mark, any last words? Kyrie has Hakeem Olajuwon post moves. Yeah, it's time to go.